it's so important to believe in yourself, whatever it is you're going for, whatever it is you want. With that being said, in order to believe in yourself, you don't have to have full 100% belief from the start. You just need to have a little bit of belief. You just need to think, you know, I think that's a possibility for me. And then you need to have the courage to start taking action, to start getting the ball rolling for that. Because the thing is, when you have some belief in yourself and you're willing to put yourself out there, you're willing to start taking the action towards that, then you're going to start building the confidence. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the Perfectly Broken Podcast. Just like the Japanese art of Kintsugi, we're not trying to hide the cracks of our broken past, but rather highlight those struggles with gold. I will be vulnerable, real, and raw with y'all as we figure out how we can turn the damaged pottery of our lives into stunning works of art that are even more beautiful than we ever thought possible. Right. Welcome back, y'all, to the Perfectly Broken Podcast. I have my very first repeat guest because I just, I adore this girl. And if y'all listen to the episode, it is actually my number one most listened to episode. I think partly it's just because the synergy that we have. And then also, the largest part is that Laura is just absolutely an incredible soul, and your message is just so profound, and the way that you deliver is so digestible and everything, so relatable. So, without further ado, I have Laura on the show. So, Laura, welcome back. Thank you so much, Danny. Thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed the first time I came on the podcast, and I am really honored for you to ask me back. So thank you so much. Yes, yes. And if y'all haven't checked it out yet, her episode before was on the having an inner knowing, and it is an incredible episode. So many good nuggets of wisdom there. For the people who are not familiar with you yet, why don't you give us a brief little idea of who you are and what you're about? Yeah, so I'll try not to make it as long as I did because in the last episode, I really explained my whole story. But trying to make a long story short, I basically, at about 38 years old, realized that I was super unhappy with my life. I had really achieved all the goals that I had wanted to by that age, and yet I wasn't finding my happiness. I had two children. I had a beautiful marriage. I had a career, you know, just all the things that I was looking for. And yet I was one of the unhappiest that I'd ever been in my life. And so at that point, I started to realize that I needed to change my life. So my story is pretty much that I clicked on a podcast. I was looking for something to deal with like women empowerment. And I found something that just sparked something inside of me. And that led to buying all the spirituality books and the self-development books and researching that way. And then eventually taking for me at the time, a huge leap of hiring my first life coach and working with her for about a year. And then I discovered Rachel Gibbler's podcast and I took her Manifestation University course is where I met you, Danny. And 
from there, I already had in my mind that I wanted to do life coaching and I signed up for Quantum Coaching Academy and I completed that in May. I also did a Rachel Gibb retreat in April. We did that. So mm-hmm. my life has pretty much gone from zero to 60 in a year. And it's kind of, it's actually funny to think about because i had shared with everyone on the first episode that my husband had come to me and said, you know, you're unhappy. What can we do to make you happy? What changes do we need to make? And I don't think he could have imagined how far I would take it, how much change I would make in really just a year. So all of this has led me to a much more fulfilling life. It has led me to finding my purpose in life. And it has led me to starting my own life coaching business. So it has been a whirlwind and ups and downs, but it's been the most transformative year of my life. Oh, yeah. And it's so cool that hearing your story and, you know, the listeners heard on our first episode together, how aligned, like we have been through Rachel's Manifestation University, where we first met, and then you and I did QCA together, and then the retreat together, where I got to finally hug you in person, and it's been incredible having someone along this journey with me, and hearing you share that kind of sparked a curiosity in me, so I am getting back into the dating scene for the first time in a year and a half. And I recognize that I have so far outgrown the type of guy that I used to be into. And I've changed so drastically. And I've opened up my mind to new possibilities. I was kind of laughing about, you know, your husband came to you and was like, you're so unhappy, something needs to change. And then from what I've witnessed, and then from what you've shared, like it's night and day different. And I'm curious how that has affected y'all's relationship because I recognize that it's really difficult when one person kind of catapults into new growth and it makes me a little nervous for my own relationships getting out there. Yeah, that is a great question, Danny. My work that I've been doing on myself this past year has really, really strengthened my marriage. And a big reason why is because I'm becoming the person that I'm meant to be. I'm becoming, you know, my highest self. And with that being said, that's a journey you go on your whole life. I'm never going to stand here and say, I have achieved it. I'm a highest self. There's nothing more I can do. I mean, it is a lifelong journey, but I'm much closer to that version of myself than I was a year ago. And by finding my purpose, what lights me up and following that, I've become a much better wife. I've become a much better mother. I've become a much better friend because if you're showing up for yourself, you can show up in your relationships in such a better way. The other thing that I've really held on to is as I'm doing all this work on myself and I am changing, I'm also recognizing that my husband isn't doing this along with me. He actually is kind of on his own journey right now too, but you know, we're on different paths right now. And so I can't expect him to accept or understand everything that I'm going through and that's okay. 
And so giving him the grace that he doesn't have to get as excited about I do with some of the things that I've like, I've discovered meditation and I love it. And it doesn't mean he has to start meditating right now or be as dedicated as I am to it. But what I am recognizing as is, as I start to really change and become that person, I'm becoming that example. So when he can see like, wow, she's doing this and like, she's really flourishing, or I can tell she has so much more confidence now, then he's going to be on board because he loves to see me growing and becoming just a better version of myself too. So really just, it's not telling him like, oh, I'm doing this and you need to do this too. But it's really just sharing with him the things that I'm doing. And if he wants to come along for the ride, that's his choice. Uh, yes. And just living by example. And I think that that's one thing that I've really learned a lot in my spiritual studies. And that is that everyone is on their own path. It's so easy to be controlling in a relationship if you see the potential in someone else or you're like, oh my God, this has changed my life so much and I care about you. So I want you to change your life too. But from my studies in spirituality, I've learned that I cannot impose my beliefs on anyone else. That's not fair to them. I can plant the seed but I need to then take a step back and allow people to be their own person, walk their own path and grow in whatever ways they need to grow as well. Oh, I completely agree with that. That is the thing is a lot of times when we find something that really makes us feel good and that we love, we want to share that with the ones that we love. We want them to experience that too. And the problem with that is if you try and force it upon someone, they're probably going to push back because really all we can do is show them how we're changing, show them how it's helping us. And like you said, we can plant a seed, but to try and force it on someone is probably never going to end well because it's got to be a decision that someone makes for themselves. And so if they can see you and think, wow, like, okay, I'm intrigued now. And they can make that decision for themselves. That's a whole lot different than you coming to them and saying, I'm doing this. It works for me. You have to do it too. Right, right. And I'm curious, as you started along this journey, I know that you still have your career going on and you're also building this business, which for me, I don't know about you, but for me, this was building my own business for the first time was so foreign and so uncomfortable. And it really was required to believe in myself, especially when this was so new for not only myself, but everyone else in my life. A lot of people were came from a loving place, but they wanted me to be cautious. It was that idea of, mm, okay, I know that this is all fun and games and it's exciting for you, but how realistic is this? They didn't have the belief in me that I really needed to cultivate for myself. I'm kind of curious what your experience with finding that self-belief was. Yeah, the self-belief, you know, that is something that I think is probably something you work on your whole life. But what I will say with that is 
it's so important to believe in yourself, whatever it is you're going for, whatever it is you want. With that being said, in order to believe in yourself, you don't have to have full 100% belief from the start. You just need to have a little bit of belief. You just need to think, you know, I think that's a possibility for me. And then you need to have the courage to start taking action, to start getting the ball rolling for that. Because the thing is, when you have some belief in yourself and you're willing to put yourself out there, you're willing to start taking the action towards that, then you're going to start building the confidence. The more experience that you have, even if you fail at something, you're going to gain experience. So you're going to start getting more confidence. You're going to start getting that belief in yourself. I think one of the most frustrating things for me is when I started on my journey, some of the people that I thought would really support me, I could tell wanted to, but that it wasn't quite there. And I had to stop and stop myself from getting offended by that and instead recognize that it's not that they don't love me, that they don't want me to succeed. It's just that a lot of times when people have a hard time believing in your dreams or believing in what you want to go for, it's not that they don't believe in you. It's that what you're going for is not something that they could see for themselves. It's so out of their comfort zone that when you say this is what I want to do, it's scary to them because they don't want to see you fail. They don't want to see you hurt. And so it's hard for them to have that belief in you. So for me, what I have done with those people in my life is just accepted the fact that this is coming from a place of love and really challenged myself to recognize that I can't just tell them I'm going to do this. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to achieve this. I have to show them. And I know that they love me. I know that when I get to that point, they're going to be proud of me. And so just really holding space for them that they don't have to fully accept everything about my dreams or what I want to do right now. Just because I'm telling them I'm going to do this, it doesn't mean they have to be fully on board. But I have the opportunity to show them that I can do that. Yes. Yeah. The fact that we are always mirrors and people are constantly projecting. And so I love that you tie it back with that reminder that it really is not personal. It's not because they don't believe in you. It's because they have all of their own fears that they've been conditioned to believe or whatever life circumstance has created these fears or limitations in themselves. And it's so easy to project that onto others. And a couple of little things that kind of to reiterate what you said, a way to really believe in ourselves is first to look in the mirror and really see ourselves for who and what we are. We have divinity within. We are a perfect soul that has just been conditioned to forget our divinity. The more we remember, the more we see ourselves for who we really are deeply, truly who we are. That's the first step. And then from there, when you are living your life, when you have people saying, all of these negative things to you, you have to think and remember 
who you actually are and hold that true to your heart, hold on and focus on the positives and the truths and really monitor your thoughts, which I think is something that we teach a lot with our life coaching. And then finally, like you said, the, the final step that a lot of people don't really appreciate as much is that when you are in that moment of self-belief, you need to act on it. You need to take the actual steps and implement whatever aligned action is coming into play and really create the change and create the possibilities that these other people can't fully see yet. Definitely. And that's the thing is you are responsible for your own life. Whether someone believes in you or not, they're not going to take any actions for you. You are the one that has to show up for yourself. And speaking of belief, one thing too, you have these people that in your life that don't support you quite yet, just can't, they don't have the ability to support you like you want them to, but also recognize the people in your life that are there to support you. Because the one thing I've really learned this year is that it is so much easier to see potential in others than it is for yourself. I think a big reason for that is that when you have a big goal and you're going for something, there's a lot of discomfort with that. There's a lot of newness to it, like you and I starting our own businesses. It's a lot. It's a lot. And our subconscious mind does not like change, even though these changes that we're making are so positive. It's changing our lives in a better way. It's changing our clients' lives in a better way. It's such a beautiful change and transition in our life. But our subconscious mind is like, it's uncomfortable. It's something new we want to, because with our subconscious mind, our subconscious mind's main role is to keep us comfortable. It can't decipher between a good change and a bad change in our life. Even though we're making positive changes, we have this inner dialogue telling us, oh, you don't know how to do that. You've never done that before. That's uncomfortable. You can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough, whatever it is. But the thing is, is our friends, our loved ones, our family, whoever it is that fully see our potential, they don't have our negative self-conscious mind telling them that we can't do things. They can fully see our potential. They are there for it. And so when we have those moments of, you know, oh, I tried to set this up for my business and it didn't work, or I just, I flopped on this and oh, and then you go into these negative thoughts if I can't do it. And that self-belief starts to get less and less. That is when you find that support. You find those people, those friends, those family, and you, and you go to them and you say like, I'm getting frustrated. Like this isn't working or whatever it is. They're going to be there for you because they know they see your potential. They know that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish. Being brave enough to ask for that support is so huge. And I've done that so many times in this past year. I've made some of the most amazing supportive friends. Some of them are lifelong friends that I've had forever. My husband, like I've gone to many people in times of doubting myself and they've been there to pick me back up and say, no, you got this. It's like every time, like it quiets that negativity in my brain, that subconscious mind. And it helps me to think you're right. I do have this. I can do this. And so reaching out for that support and really recognizing those people in your life that are going to be there for you 
no matter what, it helps so much for you to keep your own belief in yourself. Mm, Yes. And yeah, the subconscious is here to keep us safe, to protect us. It sees discomfort. It sees change. It sees newness as a threat and it sees it as scary. And so it's going to try to convince us to stop in our tracks and it's going to create that resistance. I love that idea that like it's so much easier to see the potential in others because we don't hear that negative self-talk in others. The idea of utilizing that and really leaning into our support system is huge. And you know, it's crazy too, Daddy, because just, I think a week ago, I got a DM from an old friend that I haven't talked to in years. And it was a really, it was actually like a really mean message. And it was just kind of making fun of me for all the changes I've made in my life for starting my own life coaching business. It was just like, felt very unnecessary and it really hurt. It started to make me doubt myself. It is so crazy how you get one criticism and it can just take you down that rabbit hole. And so what I did in that moment is I leaned on my support system. I went back to all of the clients that I've had and currently have and how much they appreciate me and the change that I've made in their lives and how, and just giving myself credit for how much I've changed my life. And I just, that support system really made me realize like one person compared to how many others, you know, don't focus on that one negativity. You can acknowledge it, and let it go and just really focus on the positive. But it is hard. We tend to get caught up in the criticisms, even though you just have to accept that they're going to come. You have to accept that there's going to be some negativity. Not everyone wants to see you better in your life. Not everyone wants to see you change. And a lot of that stems from the fact that really those people don't feel like they can change their lives. So it's hard to see other people changing theirs. And so in the end, I just kind of more or less I just have a sense of almost like sympathy, empathy. I'm not going to say for this person though, because I don't know why. I mean, I think if someone wants to reach out like that, then they're obviously in a good place and it just makes me sad for them. Right. Hurt people, hurt people. Yes. Yes. uh, I'm sorry that you had to go through that and It's tough while we are making such drastic changes in our lives, it is going to trigger some people, unfortunately. And I love that you were able to take that as a kind of a learning experience and an opportunity to really practice this new lifestyle and the shift in mentality and everything. And so that kind of brings me to the next idea of self-worth related to successes and failures. And I know that that DM wasn't exactly a failure, but if you're anything like me, that would be a stab to the heart. And it's like, oh, Am I actually meant to be a coach after all? Is this change actually worthwhile? Am I just living in a fantasy world right now? Like all of that. I'm curious how those sort of things affect your self-worth. 
Definitely. You know, probably one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in this past year is to not attach your self-worth to your achievements. For me personally, I have done that pretty much all of my adult life. I look back at everything that I've achieved and I graduated high school, then I went to college, then I went to graduate school, eventually got married, had children. And with each of those steps, I can tell you, I thought, okay, once I graduate, I'm going to find my joy and my happiness. I'll feel complete. And then I did it. And I went to grad school and I thought, then I'll feel complete. Like I got my doctorate. Oh, I'm going to feel so complete. I wasn't. And once I get married, then I'm going to feel complete. And yeah, like I was happy when I got married, but it, it, it didn't fulfill that personal, like that purpose inside of me. And so then I put it on, oh, when I have my children, like when I become a mom, then like, then everything will just fall into place and I'm going to feel this sense of contentment. And I did, I felt so happy. I mean, it brought me happiness to have my children. Don't take that the wrong way, but I still didn't find it. Like, it's just like, I was searching and searching outside of me and I didn't find that contentment until I finally really hit rock bottom and realized I can't keep searching outside of myself to find my happiness. I actually have to go in. I have to figure out what it is that is holding me back in my life, figure out what it is that I truly want for myself. And I needed to start doing the work on myself to find that inner peace and to find that, that just to love myself, because I don't think I had I know I hadn't done that since I was a child. And so one of the biggest lessons is really to not, again, to not attach yourself worth to your success or to your failure. Because then as you go for things in your life, when you achieve that thing that you've been trying so hard for, maybe even took you years to achieve, maybe it was college, whatever it is, and you get there, it's a pretty big letdown when you don't find all of your happiness there too. And even too with failures, if you fail at something, if you've attached yourself worth to it, then that means you fail. Like you as a human being have failed and it's so much harder to accept. When you can step back and you can just focus on you for a little bit, figure out how to find that self-worth because you're you, just because you're you, you are so worthy of being on this planet. You are so worthy of the love that you give and receive just because you're you. Then you're going to stop chasing that happiness from external things. It doesn't mean you can't have goals and go for things, of course, but then you're not going to have that fear of if I don't achieve it, then I'm a failure. Mm. You're going to actually feel like I can go for more. Because if I don't achieve it, I'm still me and I still have love and I still, you know, I'm still happy. You're more willing to put yourself out there when you know that whether you achieve it, whether you fail, it doesn't mean anything about you. You are so whole and complete. Yeah. And I know that I personally was an achievement addict for a while because I got all of my self-worth from my career. And I mean, hell, I was only an engineer for a couple of years before I left that industry due to the sexual harassment. And yet I still come up with any excuse 
to bring up, oh, I was an engineer. Oh, I was an engineer. And like that was my identity for so long because I didn't think that anyone could see value in Danny, in me as a person, unless I was able to prove myself, improve my intelligence, improve all of these other successes and everything. And the first time that I got fired from a job, and it wasn't my engineering job, I was a damn good engineer, but I got into sales and I am not very good at sales. <laughs> I ended up getting promoted to this like guinea pig position that they said they had tried implementing position in the past and failed. And they were like, if anyone can get this done, it's going to be you. Yay. <laughs> About a year later, after really trying in that position, I ended up getting fired for the first time. And that was the first real failure that I had ever experienced. And it crushed me. My ego was devastated because if if I can get fired from a job, then who am I? Like what what worth do I even have? And so it was an incredible life experience that I am so grateful for because it forced me to recognize that I can get fired from a job. I can quote unquote fail and I still will survive. I'll still be okay. I'll be able to pick myself back up. I learned to not hold my identity, not hold my self-worth quite as heavily in my achievements after that. Now it's gotten to a point where, I mean, I mess up all the time. I make mistakes. I fail on a regular basis. And I love that saying, there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. I am able to, when I do fall down now, I'm able to take a step back and say, okay, like there is clearly a purpose for this. And what is the lesson here? Rather than letting it completely knock me down anymore, now I'm able to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, this is the life circumstance and there's something to be learned here. And I no longer allow it to define me like I once did. Yeah, that's so insightful. I love that because the thing too that I heard in that is you got into sales and you said that just wasn't for you. Sales was not for you. And the fact, you know, that you got fired from it and it, it was so hard for you to accept that. But the truth is, is that job was not meant for you. And so to put yourself worth into especially a career that doesn't feel meant for you, that's exhausting. And I love that you you're looking at that now is it really was a blessing for you because it might have felt like a failure at the time, but I think it actually was a big win for you because look at how much insight you have now over that experience and look how much it's changed your life to this point. And that's one of the things is sometimes we look at our failures as, you know, horrible things in our life. And in the moment, you are totally justified in being upset. 
who wants to be fired? Even if it's a job you don't like, it does not feel good to get fired. No one wants to be fired. In the moment, let yourself have your pity party. Let yourself be mad. Let yourself cry and scream whatever you need to do. But then if you're able to eventually take a step back and look at the bigger picture of it, is that even a job that I wanted to be at? Was I enjoying myself? Did it light me up? You know, and if the answer is no, then recognize that life is teaching you a lesson right now. And sometimes things that feel really frustrating and hurtful in the moment are some of the biggest lessons that actually guide us on a new path, on the path that we are supposed to go down. And with Danny, like if you think about it now, could you imagine if you would have been mediocre at the job, like you said, it wasn't your passions. You probably never would have just flourished because you're like, this is not for me. But even if you would have been good enough that they're like, we'll keep you on. And you're still like stuck in that job today. Like, can you imagine how, you know, the different person you like, look at the person you've become. Right. Because that didn't work out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I shared on my first episode that last year I was working in cybersecurity and I got fired the same week that my dad died because they wanted me to come back to work the same week my dad died. And so I got fired again. And this time it was night and day different. I was celebrating. I was like, hell yeah, I manifested this. Like I got a severance package. I had hated my job anyways. And it was scary to step back into the unknown, but it was completely different than that very first time. That very first time knocked me down and forced me to recognize that my self-worth is not meant to be attached to anything, including like I was about to say my career. And then I realized that I do kind of value my life coaching differently than I did my corporate world because this is my baby now and it's my purpose. Yet even then I need to stay grounded and stay aware of the fact that I am worthy simply because I am, and you are worthy simply because you are. And even if this life coaching business completely crashes and burns, then that just is a redirection. That's just an opportunity to figure out what else is out there for me. I think that it's so necessary to recognize that and accept that we will have failures along our journey. Yes. Oh my goodness. And that's one thing I've spent so much of my life being terrified of failing. The big difference really in this past year for me is I'm now looking at failure, not as it's never fun. I mean, I'm never looking forward to failing at anything, but I'm looking at it more as an opportunity. If, you know, if I'm willing to put myself out there, that is how right now I am gauging my progress. My progress is not gauged by, did I achieve exactly what I wanted to achieve? Was it a big success? Because especially in when you're starting out in something like we're starting out on this business, you've got to try things. You've got to see what works and what doesn't. When I fail at something now, or when it doesn't go as planned, I have moments of being like, oh, I'm a failure, but I stop myself. And remind myself, no, 
you're not a failure because you're putting yourself out there. You are trying and you're learning something from this. It That didn't work and that's okay. Not everything's going to work, but now you have more experience. Now you know what doesn't work and now you can come up with ideas of how to change it, how to make it better, how to try again. The biggest thing too, I always think about when you watch like the movies, like real life movies, when they make, you know, a movie about someone that had a crazy success, but they do a movie about their life and how they got there. None of these movies and in these real life scenarios, do people just decide, oh, I'm going to be super successful. And then the movie just shows that they got successful and they <laughs> achieved their dreams. In these movies, so and, and I'm, yeah, like, I mean, real life, because it's based on real life people, but they're, the reason why they're fun to watch is because their life, it goes on their journey to find that success. It's up and down and up and down. And there's so many moments where they have $1 left to their name or they're living on the street or just, it's always, I mean, it's like a guarantee that they're going to have these insane struggles, but they keep going. That is the difference between someone that is successful and someone that is not. We all have struggles along our path. The people that are successful, they didn't just get lucky. They didn't just all of a sudden, oh, you know, I decided I want to do this and it just happened for me. They all, we all struggle. But the difference is, is accepting failure as just part of the journey. It will happen. Even the most successful people in the world, I'm sure if you sit down with them, they have a million stories of all the times they failed along the way. Even when you're at the top, they're still having failures and they learn from them and they keep going. That used to hold me back, the fear of failure. I wouldn't even try a lot of the times. And then if I tried and I failed, I was done. But the thing is, is you're never going to be great at something right away, no matter what it is. And you've got to keep plugging away. It's progress over perfection because perfection is not even possible. Really focusing on the progress that you're making. The other thing too, I mean, with anybody's journey, but especially on mine, I've had some really big obstacles to get where I am today. And I just, I never allowed myself to think I can give up. I always took on that mindset of this is just another obstacle. If I fail along the way, that's just, that's a failure along the journey. It's not me failing as a human being. It's just something I have to overcome. So the hardest moments that you have will really show you what you are made of. Those are the moments that in the moment, they suck so bad. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's not any fun to be in those really hard moments or those moments of failure. But that's when you have the choice to really let go, give up, or you have the choice to overcome. And if you make that choice to overcome, you are going to get so much closer to your goal so much faster because you are proving to yourself how much you want it and how much you deserve it. Yes. And two points that I want to make from that is one, Oprah, who is deeply spiritual. She's one of my greatest mentors. If y'all are looking for a great resource, she has her Super Soul Sunday episodes and it's incredible, but she always says that the number one quality of successful people isn't their hard work or dedication or anything. It's resilience. It's their ability because you're right that 
along the way, anyone who is successful, they have had so many obstacles and they have fallen flat on their face time and time again. And that just makes us stronger. But the resilient ones are the ones that pick themselves up over and over every single time that they fall down, they have the opportunity to choose between, am I going to let this knock me down and stay down and give up on this dream? Or am I going to take this as a lesson that I can learn from and grow stronger from? And that's what makes people successful. And then the other little note is I've heard someone, someone really successful or powerful or whatever said, you've made it in life when you get sued for the first time. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And that really hit me of like, okay, every single person who really is successful in life are going to be met with huge, huge obstacles and challenges because the universe is going to test us to make sure that we really, truly want what we say we want. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. And you know, that brings up another good point. When you are going for something big in your life or you have a big goal, a big dream, I feel the most important thing other than accepting the fact that you will fail and you've got to just look at it as an obstacle. But the other important thing is to know your why. Why do you want this, this, this dream, this goal of yours? What is your purpose? What is your why? Why are you going for this? And, you know, for myself, I've talked about this before, but you know, my children, I have two, uh, a daughter who is four and a son who is three. And they are my why. I always had this knowing that I wanted more for my life and I didn't know what that meant. And then after I had my children, it was such an eye opener to like go for it now or live your life regretting it forever. Like figure out what it is that you want for your life and go for it because I love my children more than anything in the world. And all I want is to be an example for them. And I haven't been truly happy for a very long time. And so having them, like they became my why. And so every time with this path that I've been on, when I've done the work on myself and I've faced realizations about myself that I didn't like, that I wanted to just, let's just pretend, you know, let's not deal with that. I've said to myself, no, that has to be dealt with. I've got to bring it to the forefront. I've got to recognize it. I've got to deal with it because I want to heal and I want to be a better person for my children. I want to be a better mother for them. It's helped me on this journey of starting my own business and really believing in myself because being an entrepreneur is so much harder than I could have imagined, but it's also so fulfilling and so amazing. And every time that I've gotten to the point of this is so hard, I come back to my why. And I look at my children and I know that if nothing else, I'm not going to give up because I'm not giving up on them. So knowing your why is huge and holding on to it. 
Yes. And I call that my big why. I got that from actually a book that I read years ago called Never Binge Again. And that was the number one thing that helped me along my eating disorder journey. And that was the first time that I was introduced to that concept of like figuring out what your big why is. You're underlying what is driving all of this because you are going to be met with obstacles along the way, no matter what journey you're on. And it's so easy to give up, but if you hold on to your reasoning behind it, your why, that is enough to drive you and motivate you and keep you going if it's strong enough. And that's why through coaching, that's one of the things that I work on and I imagine you do too, is that I help my clients figure out their deep underlying why for their goals and that is going to light a fire under them to keep them going when everything else is telling them that they need to stop. Exactly. You know, and that's the thing. I would say most people would say, hey, I want to make more money, like no matter how much money you make. But it's like, OK, so you want to make more money. But let's think about that. Why do you want to make more money? Is it because you want to travel more? Is it because you want more time freedom? Is it because you want more time with your children or you want to be able to send them to better schools or figure out like, yes, we all want to make more money. Like, but why do you want to make more money? Because if you're only focused on the fact that I want to make more money, you're not going to have that determination as opposed to if you're thinking, I just want more time with my children, or I just want to be able to travel and see new cultures and whatever it is for you. And so knowing that why and really holding that, that is going to help propel you. That's going to help you to accept those failures and keep going and stop listening to the negativity in your head and reach out out to people that support you and keep that self-belief. Yeah. And speaking of having someone hold that belief with you and hold that vision with you and support you, that is so aligned with our coaching. So would you like to share a little bit about what you have going on with your coaching? Are you taking one-on-one clients right now? Yes, I'd love to. I am. I'm taking one-on-one clients and I have my Instagram page, which is Laura Kistner Coaching. And you can schedule through there or you can just DM me if you want to have a conversation. And like I said, I'm taking one-on-one clients. And as far as my coaching goes, my main goal is to help you recognize what are your goals? Why are you feeling stuck? What's holding you back and help you to determine that. And then really with life coaching, it's about shifting that mindset to one of self-belief. And like we talked about, for me, when I started life coaching as my first life coach, I'll never forget my first session because I wanted to be a life coach. I thought this is a beautiful, beautiful profession, a beautiful way to help people and fulfill my purpose. But I also felt uncomfortable even saying that out loud. And because it was such a new thing, I'll never forget. I got on the call with her and within two minutes, she had asked me, what would you like to do or change about your life? And I said, I kind of like to become a life coach. And I almost felt silly saying it out loud. And right away, she was like, oh my gosh, I was hoping you would say that. I can feel that energy from you. You, She's like, already, I know you would be so good at this. And hearing her say that, like, 
hearing someone believe in me like that, I just can't even tell you what it did for my belief in myself. And so with life coaching, it's a really beautiful way to recognize your own potential, to let go of that negativity in your brain that your head, your subconscious mind that's telling you all the reasons why you can't. With life coaching, we really focus on all the reasons why you can and all the reasons why those negative thoughts are not serving you. And it's also one of the best things with life coaching is it's about accountability. It's really focusing on moving yourself forward. How can we get you to the goals that you want in your life? And how can we really assist you with holding you accountable for making these changes in your life? Yeah. And I am a firm believer that we are given these desires by God universe for a reason. They're on our hearts for a reason, and they're not meant to be ignored. Along the lines of our last episode that we recorded, when you have that deep inner knowing that there's more out there for you, that is when you should start to get curious and not just sit by and be like, oh, well, this is the way my life is. This is the way it's always been. And I don't see any outs. And that is what life coaching is about is we hold that vision with you. And we say that you have these desires for a reason. Let's explore them. Let's get curious around them. And yes, let's support you and hold you accountable and set together tangible steps to help you achieve your dreams. Oh my gosh. Yes. I think that was so beautifully said, Danny. And that is one of the most fun things about being a life coach is the clients that I've worked with right away. Like I see their potential. I'm just like so excited for them and they tell me their ideas and then or their goals. And they tell me all the reasons why they can't work. And we work through that because I know that they can achieve what they want. I know I don't have their negative thoughts in my head, you know? And so it's so nice with life coaching is we don't give any of our clients their answers. They have their answers. We are just helping to guide them to their answers, to recognize their limiting beliefs. It's such a beautiful moment when your client has that epiphany of, wow, I can do this. Like I I have it inside of me already. Like what's been holding me back? And it's so fun then to see them start to really thrive in their life. And so I would say that's probably my absolute favorite thing about working with my clients is really allowing or helping them to see their own potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny, like how that spills out too, because even just our friendship together, I receive that from you. And I do that with my friends as well, is that it's just opened up my idea, my mind to the possibilities and no longer allowing what the typical limitations used to be. Now I see them as obstacles and all obstacles are something that you can overcome if you really want it enough. If your why is deep enough. Yes. You know, and I love the point that you made too, that when you feel like you've got this inner knowing like that you're meant for more, it is, it's there for a reason. And, you know, for example, for me, like I had this this deep inner knowing, but I didn't know what that meant for me. I can tell you, it didn't mean that I wanted to be an Olympic athlete or the president of the United States. Like I knew that that wasn't inside of me, but there was something inside of me that was like, 
I want more. And so with life coaching, you don't even have to show up saying, this is my goal. This is what I want. How do I get there? You can just show up saying, I'm unhappy and I don't know why. And I want to explore that. I want to figure out what this knowing is inside of me that says I'm meant for more. What does that mean for me? Like, let's explore that together. And so when I hired my first life coach, it was just such a path of self-discovery for me because I was able to have that guidance to find my own answers. With that being said, with life coaching, I mean, I don't have all of my answers figured out either. Like it is a lifelong journey to find our answers. But, you know, as you're willing to do the work on yourself, you're going to become more self-aware. You're going to start to feel more purpose. You're going to start to feel happier. And investing in myself has been one of the best things I've ever done. And we kind of went back to really like your achievements and attaching your self-worth. So for example, buying a brand new car, it feels really good in the moment and you're driving it for the first you know, few weeks or months, then you feel so great in this new car, but it wears off over time. Eventually it just becomes your car. But if you can actually invest in yourself, if you can do the work on yourself to find your own self-worth, to find your own purpose, to find your own happiness, that doesn't wear off. That stays with you no matter what car you're driving, no matter what house you're living in, no matter what job you have, if you can find that self-worth inside of you and love yourself for who you are, the external stuff isn't going to mean as much to you anymore. And you can still celebrate it. It can still be, you know, have your goals for sure. But really the main goal of life is just to be happy with who you are and feel that, that wholeness and completeness for who you are. Oh, yes. Love, love, love that. And as we are coming near the end of the episode, as you mentioned, and I'll tag it in the show notes, your social media, Laura Kistner Coaching. And do you have any final words for the listeners? I would just love to say that in life, really progress over perfection. We're never going to be perfect. Stop striving for it. Really just acknowledge yourself for progress that you're making towards the person that you want to be. And don't be afraid to make those failures. It's going to happen because, you know, you aren't perfect. None of us are. And that is actually the way it's meant to be. That's okay. And a lot of times our failures are some of the greatest lessons learned in our life. So don't be so afraid of the failure but really just focus on acknowledging yourself and feeling that pride in the progress that you're making. Love that. Yes. Thank you so much. And as always, if y'all got anything out of this, like, subscribe, rate, review, do all of the good stuff, shoot us a DM me, Healthy Foodie TX or the Perfectly Broken Podcast, and I'll tag Laura in the show notes. I would love to have you guys screenshot and tag us in your stories. That always like absolutely makes my day. And before I go, I want to remind you guys that I'm hosting a 
retreat in Sedona, October 26th through the 29th. It is for women. I'm hosting it with, there are seven of us hosting it, and we each have different things that we can offer. I am focusing on vulnerability and your relationship with food and your body. And there are, you know, cycle syncing and intuition, finding your purpose, money, sex, love, rock and roll, like, you know, all of the things. So I will tag that in the show notes as well. And if you guys have any questions on that, obviously feel free to shoot me a DM. And yes. So thank you, Laura. Love, love, love you. Obviously, I'm going to... Okay, so I mean, I'm just going to keep having you back on my podcast (laughs) over and over again until you have your own, which is inevitable. Like you are an incredible speaker and your message, your voice is needed in this world. Thank you so much, Danny. I so appreciate you having me back on. I absolutely love it. And yeah, I would love to have my own podcast eventually, but I'm just like so proud of you for having yours. It's just awesome. I hope that you can recognize how amazing this is that you've got a podcast and I'll just come back on whenever you want me to. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. 